Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Today on the show, I am so excited to have the Vice President of the Underwriting Department with Alcova Mortgage, Roby Caldwell. Hello, Roby. Hello. So we are going to talk about underwriting, which is the most mystified, misunderstood question part of getting a mortgage, whether you are a realtor or a borrower, certainly. And we're going to work on how can we understand this process? How can we make it easier for the realtors as well as the borrowers to get through this process? so we can stop throwing the underwriters under the bus, right? Everyone blames the underwriters. It's always their fault, right? Always the underwriter, the evil underwriters that are in dark rooms and buildings somewhere, like whatever we have in our head of this underwriting scary place where they have the denied thing that they like to pound out the loans (laughs) and say, not for you today. So, okay. So let's start with your history. How did you get started as an underwriter? Actually, it was right out of college. Took a job as a credit manager didn't kind of realize what it was until I got into it. And it was small loans and evaluating credit and income. And it just kind of morphed into the whole kit and caboodle, doing real estate loans and every kind of loan type there possibly is, except for insurance, I guess. Okay. And so you stopped in January of 2021 to become, I'm assuming, the vice president. But how many years were you an underwriter? Well, I started right out of college, January 10th, 2000. So I guess I'm in 2021 years in full production. I still consider myself an underwriter, but I just don't do the actual day-to-day, the individual loans now. I'm more of the problem solver for the underwriters that report to me. Ooh, good. Now, can you tell us, because I'm sure everyone wants to know, is the underwriting department, what does it look like in underwriting? So I had 13 years at Wells Fargo and it was Cubbies. I did four years at Quicken Loans and it wasn't Cubbies, but it was in the office. And at Alcova, we are all remote, 100% remote. We don't have a single underwriter in the same building. However, within my department, at least once a year, I try to get all my underwriters together for a workshop to meet up because I feel most of the underwriters now learn this way. And it was when we were in a cubby. Most of the information you get is sitting around and you have a file and you're looking at it and you lean back and talk to your friend next to you, and you ask, hey, what would you do here? And that person gives you an answer. You collaborate on it. Well, there's three other people around you that hear the same situation. And then you've got one of the folks over there that are just listening and will apply it. So I try to create that environment at least once a year so that we learn through osmosis, basically. Absolutely. So let's talk about what are people's perceptions like of the personality type or who is an underwriter? You think, what do most people think? A narcissist introvert. (laughs) Explain that. People ask me that all the time. And that's what I explain. You know, not that the individual's personality is narcissistic, but the job can lend you to being, this is my decision. I'm not bending. It is what it is. Get me what I want or the loan is turned down. And that is very far from the truth. And the introvert aspect of it is a lot of them are fine doing that through email, not having any communication. We don't speak to the borrowers. So you can basically sit in your room all day and make decisions with the judge, jury, and executioner if you're going to do the loan or not and sit there and not talk to a single soul. So that is the introvert piece of it. I have experienced many, many, many times 
underwriters who are indeed that way. 99% of the time, that is the perception of real estate agents, borrowers, and the loan officers. But I would challenge anyone to actually look deeper and see that that is not the case whatsoever. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I think, again, it's because we just don't know, right? It's this foreign mm. place. It's almost underwriting is like a geographical island where loans go to be denied, right? That's the Absolutely. perception, right? So what is different at Alcova with underwriting? A lot of it is just we're a family. We inherently are always lumped into the bad guy. We gather as bad guys and we joke, oh yeah, I'm going to get nailed for this one. This one's going to be my fault. They didn't tell me that the bar were just lost their job three days ago, four days before closing, but it's my fault. So we kind of laugh about that. And so it builds a camaraderie of that. Alcova is different in the fact that I personally believe that I am a unicorn in the industry as far as my leadership style. And it's a can do. We need to try and find a way to do the loan as opposed to just turn it down. We look at the borrower on the other side. There's a lot more personal relationships with our loan officers. And just in general, since I've taken over my role at Alcova, we've had some underwriters come and go because it was not necessarily their choice. And the reason I say that is we've only had one underwriter leave on their own accord in the last two years. We've established some camaraderie, some consistency. And the people who are here and have stayed here are the people who embrace the culture of, if I'm looking to hire, I want somebody who is going to be more of a salesperson. As I told you earlier, I feel that I got on the wrong side of the fence when I started out. My personality is not the narcissist introvert. I would much rather be the one going out and talking to the borrower and getting the deals done face-to-face than relying on three stages of separation to get me the information to make the loan. And all of my underwriters do that. If we have a loan where we're not able to do it or we see trouble coming down the pipe. It is not a request to call the loan officer or the processor. It is a requirement. And if a loan ever gets to me and I ask, have you spoken to the branch? And they said that they sent an email, I will politely get off the phone and let them know to call me when they have spoken to the branch. Because email is not the proper way to solve problems. Agreed. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Email is not the proper way. It's the easiest way. It's the most disconnected way. It's the most, I don't really want to have to deal with a repercussion. It's the most introverted way. Yeah. Well, it's also like, it's sort of happening. So You're not necessarily put on the spot. And I tell my underwriters all the time, we need to own our decisions. Don't blame it on somebody else. Just like loan officers are going to blame it on the underwriter. Don't say, well, I talked to such and such and they told me I couldn't do it. Own your decision. And one of the main reasons why I tell them not to use email is because if you use email as opposed to a phone, I've never seen a phone call forwarded to 10 different people all the way up to the top of the company, which creates anxiety from the underwriter. If you have that personal phone call, they trust you. They believe in you. They think that you're going to steer them properly. If you put it on an email, they can forward it around and everybody can fact check, right? It's like Wikipedia. They can sit there and amend and change and do whatever you want to on that email. But if you deal directly with them, A, you're going to get the respect of them that you know what you're doing, that you own the decision. And if it does have to go above you, it's your decision to do that. A joint decision says, hey, this is above my purview. Let's see if we can get this done. It builds a relationship that you're on their side as opposed to, nope, can't do it. Yep, definitely. You guys definitely get a bad rap. And what do you think is the biggest issue about the underwriting process? The biggest issue I would see is getting a full story up front. Underwriters, historically, and there are rare occasions, do not speak to the borrower. There's only one side of the fence that speaks to the borrower. So we are constantly playing 
the telephone game. And it goes from the bar to the real estate agent, from the real estate agent to the processor, processor possibly to the loan officer, and then finally to the underwriter. And the underwriter is to make a decision based on information that has been filtered by five different individuals. And we can't go to the source to solve that problem ourselves. We have to send the file back down the line, five different people to get the answer. So if we get full disclosure up front, good, bad, ugly, we are not looking to turn down a loan. As a matter of fact, people only understood the amount of anxiety that underwriters have when we have to deny a loan. I think that they would view it differently. Our turn down rate, it's under 1% files that are actually turned down that actually get to underwriting is probably less than 1%. Wow. That is not what I would assume, right? The perception is, oh, it's about 62%. <laughs> files that make it to underwriting, less than 1% of those actually get denied. Wow. A large portion of those probably could be denied, but that is one advantage Alcova has is we're able to dig in find alternate solutions, use the guidelines as a guideline and not a rule as we're going to stamp this denied to make some of those work. If we were in the business of denying loans, none of us would have a job. And we also, especially at Alcova, interestingly enough, I have underwriters all across the country. So we kind of understand the general population in the area that we're working with. The hierarchy that I've set up in my underwriting department allows us to know intimately the loan officers, the processors, the area, so that we're not scared off by a particular loan type or a particular situation. So that is the biggest issue is full disclosure. Too many times people don't want to give it to us because they think that that's going to kill a deal. It's kind of like if I go to an auto mechanic and try and tell them everything to look at, but the problem is completely something else. If they spend all their time on that, they're going to send me home and say, well, I didn't find what you're doing, so your car's fine. And on the way home, my car breaks down because I misdirected them on what to look for. Don't try and steer the underwriter. Give them all the information. Say, my car's not working. Figure it out. Yeah. So basically, the quality of the information you get is really what's going to take us forward or not. And there is no oops, like we were joking earlier, nope. oops, forgot to tell you, like, oops, mm -hmm. yes, that is a form of income, oops, or I didn't think that was important, everything's important, right? So anything in Correct. your financial picture is important, we don't get to pick it, you guys can then direct it. Also, it's not always important on a negative facet, it could be important because that's the piece of information we needed to make this deal work as opposed to a turndown, and if you withheld that information... We denied the loan because you didn't give us the information. Absolutely. No doubt. So full picture. So let's talk about because I think one of the biggest things we can accomplish is we talked about like if we were looking for the perfect underwriting process, it really starts with the realtor and the borrower. I mean, borrower ultimately, but the realtor and Correct. the borrower. So to make this more smooth and we talk about full disclosure, you told me they need to write a biography almost. So go through that because I thought that was genius, like how we can help make this process smoother as the realtors involved. Yeah. Many times borrowers, they're trying to get a loan today. They think today is important. Real estate agents are trying to get this loan in this house bought today. They think today is important. Today is important. But more importantly, the last two years is the picture that we are going to be looking at to approve or deny your loan. And the example that I told you is don't interrogate your borrower, but pretend you are going to write a biography on your borrower in their life over the last two years. You're not gonna just go ask them a couple questions and then write the book. You're gonna spend time with them. You're gonna ask them questions. You're gonna know all of the information. And that can be done in a passive manner of just in between houses. I'm gonna show them five houses today. 
I'm pretty sure you're going to spend an hour or two in the car asking questions. Hey, I know you're looking to buy a house. This isn't your first house. Have you ever had any investment properties? Oh, yeah. Well, I did this time. Or my sister and I inherited a property. I don't have any mortgage on it, so it's not mine. Very important because if they are on the title, we have to investigate that. Yeah. That is a simple question that is in casual conversation. Hey, are you dating now? Well, no, I'm actually going through a divorce. Oh, really? Is that your first one? No, I've been divorced three times. Oh, okay. You don't have to tell us all that information, but you know that information. As opposed to when they check the wrong box on the application that says I'm single because they feel they're single, they're separated, whatever. And it gets to us and we're halfway through the loan process and come to find out they are separated and they've been divorced four times. And we have to ask those questions. Guess who's going to be blamed? The underwriter. Of course. Yes. The anonymous in the dark room underwriter. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I say pretend you're writing a biography on somebody. It doesn't have to be invasive because people are going to be private in nature. They are going to try and withhold information they don't think that you need. And if you ask them direct questions, they're not going to tell you. But if you pay attention and listen to them, you will find out a lot more information, which is the disadvantage that underwriters do not have of being able to speak to the borrower. Because I feel that if we were speaking directly to the bars, we would have even higher approval rates because we can figure solutions. No doubt. And I will Um, tell you, we do consult, buyer consults with all of our borrowers. And we have them speak to the loan officer before they come. I get a copy of the letter. I get a copy of their costs so I can explain things like owner's title and all those things. So an easy question in that point, which is not an issue, but would help is, so if they're doing conventional 20% down, so- Hey, where is your down payment coming from? Oh, we have it in our bank account. Great. That's simple. Oh, we're borrowing it from five different parents. Whoa, whoa. Right. That's something you all need to help us work through to season the money or to make sure it can count properly. So asking those questions. So when they work, are they paid hourly? They say they're working 40 hours. Be like, oh, that's awesome. Has there been any time where you've worked less than 40 hours? Well, I was sick here over the last three weeks or I was on paid leave. Simple questions. Because if they say they're working 40 hours and we get three of the four pay stubs that are 30 38, 39, 36, and one of them's 40, if you're not looking at it from our point of view, there's not much difference between 36 and 40 to them. We cannot approve a 40-hour work week if you don't work 40 hours. Right. So it's the simple things we would never think of. Like, isn't 39 close enough? One thing we were laughing about earlier is even potential extra streams of income. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. could be good or bad. So everyone here knows weed doesn't count. You're growing weed. I'm sorry. You do not get to count that as an income stream because it's not federally You can legal. be manufacturing and selling as much weed as you want in a weed legal state, but we are not allowed to use one penny of it because the government has not federally approved it. But you could use income. You told me from the foot fetish sites. From foot fetishes. <laughs> Onlyfans.com. There you go, uh, guys. We can. It is a stream of income. We've had that. Oddly enough, when we've asked for deposits and the loan officer has called us because it started coming up and they're like, uh, yeah, they got a separate account for Onlyfans. And not sure the wife knows. Or not sure the husband knows. And so, again, it gets back to the bar withholding information. They're not going to tell you that. They don't know to tell you that. that, I understand that one, but still could really affect their Well, another one is FanDuel. These DraftKings that are being state-approved gambling sites. Some people make a lot of money doing that. We've got to find a way to do it. If you've got a history of doing it, not saying we can't. I mean, that's a justification of being able to turn a denial into an approval because there's an extra stream of income. But the loan officer, the real estate agent, and the borrower are not going to think of that. That's what the underwriter thinks of. That's how we make loans work. That is our job is to get loans approved. 
It'd be yeah, I mean, easy to say, nope, not doing it. Tell me everything. If we turn down a loan, I promise you, it is something we cannot do. Yeah, we learn interesting things and have experiences. You guys in underwriting as well must be like, how do we account for this? Yes. Like I say, it's good and bad. So withholding the information, you don't know which side of the ledger you're going to fall. Is it going to turn it down or is it going to approve it? Yeah. All right. So being honest. And then you also said, so number one is realtors. Let's get the information. Let's get full pictures. Let's really help you with as much as we can, if it's bad or good, because frankly, you're going to find the bad anyway, right? If there's issues. It's just a matter of, are we going to be able to attack it and find ways around it early? Or are we going to do it where you're going to damage your relationship with a realtor or something like that because we find it out late in the game and it turns out, well, the underwriter is asking for this. Well, the underwriter is asking for it because you never told us on day one when you spoke to the borrower. Yeah. So finding that out. And you also said number two thing that we should do is really coach our clients on being available. So don't disappear, which does happen a lot. I get people, we're not getting the information they need. We're not getting, it's like, uh, so they need to be available. Yep. The best ability is availability. And when I say that underwriting, I know at Alcova, we're on a 24 hour turn time. So when People say, why is underwriting taking so long? That is a you problem, not an underwriting problem. Because when you get the information to me, I will have you a decision or an answer within 24 hours. If I can't get you that answer within 24 hours, you're going to have a phone call or some sort of information to let you know why it's not going to be within 24 hours. So if your borrower is prepared to answer questions, get us the information that we need. If we run into a roadblock and we pick up the phone and we call the loan officer and say, hey, Here's the deal. Either A, I've already written the biography on my bar and I can tell you that answer myself, which is the most beneficial. Or they say, you know what? I didn't get that. Let me call the bar and I'll have that information back to you. We can get that information done very, very rapidly. So the length of closing loans, once it gets to underwriting, is not driven by underwriting. We work on a 24-hour turn time. And it's not actually even 24 hours. If you give me the information at 11.59 on Monday night, I have it out by Tuesday. That's relatively speaking, an eight-hour turn time. Right. So underwriting doesn't hold up the process in that the process of underwriting gets held up with the information that we are providing. And when I say coaching the borrowers, I also mean, as I told you earlier, the 10 do's and don'ts of don't go get new credit cards. Don't open up new debts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't assume that the borrower is listening to you. Don't just say it at the beginning. When they're all excited, everything's hyped up and they're good to go. And you don't talk to them for two weeks as they're looking for a house and they go do all this stuff. Every time you're in front of the bar, we'll remind them the 10 do's and don'ts when you get there with them. And when you leave, hey, you haven't opened up any new debts, have you? Because that could really hurt things. You haven't made any large deposits, have you? Because that could really hurt things. Every time you get in front of the borrower, remind them, don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. Because... If you assume that they are listening to you over that very first phone call and it gets to the underwriting, I know you're going to blame me and you're going to say, but I told them three months ago. And again, as we talk, I'm very comfortable with being blamed. It's okay. Don't mind. Use me as a scapegoat if you need to, right, to help solve a deal. But we need to work in collaboration. We need to work together. It needs to be a partnership. Underwriting should not be a separate entity that it goes off and then all of a sudden it spits back out. We are not a computer. We are individuals, right? We can have conversations. We can solve problems if you communicate with us, if you treat us as a team. And it goes for the real estate agent and their relationship with the borrower. 
right? You treat that with kid gloves and you are going to work together and you are going to do everything you can for them. If you do the same going the other direction, you'll find a lot more success and a lot more loans closed earlier, more often and smoother because we find out the information early in the process. Yeah, I think it doesn't stop there. It's also when the underwriter goes to the loan officer and says, hey, we need, let's say these three documents or whatever it is. I think the loan officer coming back to us and saying, hey, Marjorie, we need to get this from them today. So I'll keep you posted. If I'm not getting it, I need you to intervene. So it's like three microcosms, right? The underwriting, then the lending, and then us, and then the borrower. So we are also there to help get it done, not stand in the way. Instead of find out five days later, oh, we're not out of underwriting because they still haven't gotten us documents. It's like, uh-uh, this will not happen if you're working with us. Or you assuming that you know that you shouldn't get the information. The bar may give it all to you, right? What you don't want to have happen is we get down the road and we say, we can't do this loan because of this. And it's something that the borrower actually told you, but you held the information because you thought it would be detrimental. You're going to blame it on underwriting and the borrower is going to say, but I told you from the very beginning. Yeah, they were going to lie. Honestly, it's going to be, yeah, but they changed their guidelines. That's because we're all great deflectors and not taking responsibility. It's like, don't blame me. And underwriting is easy to absorb the deflection, but the simple fact that we're never going to tell the borrower to dispute the claim. Well, again, you're this foreign country, right? Like underwriting Mm -hmm. is like somewhere in the Pacific Ocean for all of us. It's Mm -hmm. this place where things happen mysteriously. So I think kind of, Opening up the communication, having people like you that go and talk to realtors and talk to the loan officers and say, look, guys, we all want the same thing. The underwriters aren't scary, mean people that want to deny loans because they get kicks out of it, right? Because that obviously doesn't help anyone themselves, the mortgage companies, the borrowers. We all have the same goal. But I think that you you are humans that have no joy in denying loans, that you really want to do everything you can to make things work is important, I think, is the biggest thing we can all do. Just the three steps we talked about, right? Getting that full disclosure, making them be available, and then not assuming they heard anything from the beginning could change the entire dynamic of the loan and the relationships and everything else. And having someone like you that can really help people understand that I think is huge. And that's why I say I'm still an underwriter. And from the very beginning of our call, I stated I'm not in direct production but I'm here to help solve problems. And that's where when the information is brought up to me, not only do I communicate that to solve that problem for that individual, I have weekly phone calls with all my underwriters to go over situations like this of how we handled this particular instance. This is a way that we made a loan work. Then when we have the workshop, when we do a week-long workshop, that's the information that is broadcast to 30 underwriters all at one time. And my favorite part of the underwriting workshop when we were able to do this is... When we get in there and we have a really difficult file and I will stop everybody and we'll have an open discussion and all of the different ideas that come up because you have 30 people who have 10, 15, 20 years of experience have different ways of solving problems. We are problem solvers. The cookie cutter loans are easy. And I try to tell people, it's not how you do the cookie cutter loans. It's what do you do with the difficult ones? How do you get the difficult files to close. How do you solve that problem? And when you get into a group and you have 30 people, everybody starts realizing if it's a turn down, it needs to be turned down. There are myriads of ways. There are exceptions that can be made. There's corporate risk that we can evaluate and state, we understand, but we can make this work. I love it. You're a problem solver. I also think 
I might have to make a t-shirt that says this is a you problem, which is take some ownership yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. So fortunately for me and my role, and you know, I've got a great relationship with all of our loan officers. We've got the best loan officers in the business, in my opinion. Fantastic processing, our processing manager for our core processors. She and I work hand in hand. The credit risk manager, she and I work hand in hand, and we are all on the same page and we are all rowing the boat in the same direction. So we're not going in circles and we're not going backwards. We're always trying to get the loans done. But we work so well together that we do find solutions to the loans. I enjoy the business. It is homeownership. Borrowers are life-changing decisions. Yes. And we don't take that lightly. Yeah, that is fantastic. Well, I can't believe it. This went so fast and we are at the end of the episode. I want to thank Roby. Thank you so much for sharing what underwriting really is, how we can really make this a smooth process for all of us and enlightening us. I learned a lot today. I've done this a long time, but it was still a mystery. So thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening to Real Estate Unscripted. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.